Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota of Brookhaven has been voted best new car dealership in Southwest Mississippi four years in a row. Come see the difference. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota of Brookhaven, we deliver. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. What a week it has been, and almost none of the conversation has been about the actual football game that is going on in Fayetteville on Saturday night, but understandably so, I suppose. Uh, there's been back and forth about collective and having enough money and not having enough money and Lane Kiffin and Keith Carter talking and, and not talking and confusion there and all that stuff. It's been a week. It's been one hell of a week. Uh, either way, I'm glad that you are with me. So what I'm going to bring to you today is a couple of things. So as you guys know by now, the news broke uh, through us. Look at us. We are uh, news breakers. How about that? Uh, that Ole Miss did present Lane Kiffin with a formal contract extension offer. And also, uh, there's been some news uh, on the collective front for Ole Miss, some good news uh, on the collective front. We had a big day on the radio show yesterday. And I know a lot of you don't get to listen, or at least not the full time. So here's what I am going to do. Uh, Richard and I talked a long time about the contract extension. We gave you some details, and, and we talked about the decision that Lane Kiffin has to make, how much money it was, can they go more if they need to, and back and forth. I thought we had a really good conversation. So I'm going to bring that to you. And then after that, Richard got to talk with Walker Jones, and I will bring that conversation to you as well. So I, I don't, you know, I, I don't just want to give you stuff from the radio show every episode, but I think in this particular case, it's a long conversation. It was a very good conversation. And I'd rather just bring that duo back and forth that he and I had to you instead of just kind of rehashing what we said. It's really good stuff. And so that's that's what I'm going to bring to you here. I would encourage you to listen to it. Um, and I'll put Walker at the end. So you hear Richard and I talk and then it'll like cut off because I, I cut you know music and intros and outros and stuff out just so it's substance and substance only for you. Um, and then it'll go straight to Walker Jones, uh, who's running the Grove Collective you're going to want to listen to what Walker has to say. Um, interesting stuff there, no doubt about that. So, uh, good stuff coming your way. Uh, please, if you have not already, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y, on Twitter. Follow on Twitter, like on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, and also subscribe to this podcast wherever you get them. Uh, just search Rebel Report. I would recommend Spotify myself, but wherever you get your uh, podcast, search Rebel Report, follow, subscribe, whatever the case may be. And if you like what you hear, leave a rating and a review. Uh, I would appreciate that very much. And before we get into the conversation, I do want to remind you the podcast is brought to you by Vantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. If you or your business are located anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi, anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi, and you or your business are in the market for office technology, Advantage Business Systems has you covered. ABSMS.com, again, is the website. Tell them I sent you, get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need, whether it's copiers and printers and mail machines or cloud storage or data security or, or whatever uh, the case may be. If it's tech, if it's in the office and you need it, Advantage Business Systems has you covered. ABSMS.com, don't forget to tell them that I sent you to get that complimentary 
assessment. The podcast is also brought to you by LBs just across from Kroger and University, the best place in the state to get your meat. So if you're not traveling to Fayetteville tomorrow, the slate of games in the SEC is hot garbage. Terrible slate of games. But if you're going to be watching football like me all day Saturday, you're going to want to cook with meat, right? So you want to get that started. Trust me, you want to get that started at LBs just across from Kroger and University, the best place in the state to get your meat. They do have daily lunch specials as well, Monday through Friday during the lunch hour, but they will be open on Saturday. So if you want to go get something to cook for the game, that's the place to do it. Tell Greg or any of the good people there that I sent you, they'll hook you up. And uh, they're big supporters of Ole Miss sports as well. So go check them out. All right, so here it is. Richard and I uh, from the radio show talking. uh, So you got about 35 minutes uh, straight of he and I talking about the 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 contract extension offer to Lane Kiffin, what it means, context, all that stuff. And then immediately following that, you'll hear uh, from Walker Jones in a very, uh, very informative interview for sure from the guy that's running the Grove Collective. So uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. This conversation is worth it, I promise, or at least I think it is because I'm part of it. So, you know, I'm gassing myself up. Uh, here that is now, and I'll see you guys um, after the game. Hemingway Stadium. So Michael Borky and I are with you this afternoon. Glad to be with you. Probably shouldn't delay much. Uh, the news today is Lane Kiffin related. That's kind of crazy. We're no what, way. I mean, we're three days away from a pretty important football game for Ole Miss uh, in Fayetteville, where it's going to be two freezing. Days away. Today's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sorry, two days away. Yeah, yeah. two days away from a football game. Uh, very little conversation this week about football. The overall schedule pretty weak, and uh, uh, Ole Miss and Arkansas certainly a, uh, a big deal. Uh, again, ceasefire text line if you want to get involved in the conversation, 601-879-4395. Uh, so I guess I stirred things up earlier with a, uh, a tweet. Here it was. Lane Kiffin has received a new contract offer from Ole Miss that would make him one of the ten highest-paid coaches in college football it's now a waiting game to see if he will receive an offer from Auburn. We'll get more details for you this afternoon. So here we are. And and that's actually where we are. Uh, the ball is largely in Lane Kiffin's court at this point. Um, I, look, there were a lot of responses immediately to that tweet that were like, well, he's only got to move up one spot to be a top 10 coach. I, I didn't say it was to move up to number 10. Um, I, without being specific on the exact number, I think when you look at average annual value, right? I mean, the way most of these contracts are structured is they grow over time. So if it's a four-year deal that's got a you know a total value of $40 million, it might be 8, 9, 10, 11. Or I don't even know if the math works on that, but it's an escalating contract. I think you're looking at in the $9 million a year range in terms of annual average value as to what Ole Miss has uh, has offered Lane Kiffin, uh, they'll work through other details that have to be worked to, through. Uh, Lane Kiffin has been given, carte blanche is not the way to describe it, but he has been given uh, the authority and the resources to hire analysts. Ole Miss has got a bunch of analysts to hire support staff to compensate his assistant coaches at a way that is – absolutely competitive with the rest of the SEC. 
And depending on which database you look at, he is currently the 11th or 12th highest paid coach in America. This year he's making $7.25 million if he gets, uh, you know, a pretty significant bump. I mean, you're looking at a raise that's in the neighborhood of $2 million from where he is right now. Um, it's a significant number. That's big. It is. Yeah, I mean, it's a big jump, and it's a significant commitment from Ole Miss. I, I don't even know that that is an area where Ole Miss is completely comfortable, but I think they understand the importance that Lane Kiffin provides not just to the football program, but to the university as a whole. Uh, I've mentioned this. We've talked about it before. You know, freshman enrollment and overall student population is up significantly over the last three years at Ole Miss, and they are expecting another record freshman class for the 23-24 academic year. So we're in 22-23 right now, so 23-24 would be next year, and the anticipation is that they once again have a record freshman enrollment and kind of continue to grow as a university. And so this is not something where Keith Carter is just sitting there in his office by himself, twiddling his thumbs, going, you know, I think I'll offer this. I mean, this is a university leadership decision. And both Keith Carter and uh, Glenn Boyce, the chancellor at Ole Miss, understand the importance that Lane Kiffin has for uh, for Ole Miss or, or the, the, the importance that he brings to the table university-wide. The question is, if Auburn offers him a contract, what will he do? And I don't know the answer to that. And frankly, unless you're talking directly to Lane Kiffin, you don't know the answer to that either. There are a lot of things that he's going to have to weigh. Um, so what, I, what I'm saying right now is that Auburn has not officially offered Lane Kiffin a contract. There are a lot of people that believe it is coming. There are some people that say they're not entirely sure. I think most people that are covering this, whether it's from the Auburn perspective or the Ole Miss perspective, believe that an offer is coming at some point in the next eight days, whether that's tomorrow or the Friday after the Egg Bowl, maybe the next ten days if you want to go to the Sunday after the Iron Bowl, that most people believe that Auburn is going to make an offer. There are power brokers at Auburn who say Lane Kiffin is the guy. There are others who are not entirely sure. Um, and, and look, I mean, there are plenty of names that have been thrown out as it pertains to the Auburn search. Um, there are people that push back on the, he's, you know, almost a top 10 coach anyway. One is part of the top 10. 10 is part of the top 10. I wasn't locking in onto a specific number on where he would well, uh, be. As, as you know, uh, there are people that are incapable of using their brains and, and you just, you just got to deal with that. Even people with national platforms. But, um, I mean, we're talking Ryan Day money. I mean, think about that for a second. This is old miss we're talking about here. In the smallest population state in the SEC that they share with another SEC program. R- regardless of, of what happens, I think people are... Because I had somebody reply to me on Twitter and say, I heard it's only 2 million more. First of all, what do you mean only 2 million? If that is correct, and it's if it's 2 million more, that means he's making the same amount of money as the head coach at Ohio State. That is, that means only six coaches in America make what he makes. And by the way, if you want to factor in the NFL, 
that would make him a top 10 paid coach in all of the sport of football, professional or college or otherwise. The fact that Ole Miss, remember, poor little Ole Miss, as people like to say, is committing this much to their football program, regardless of how this ends, is a message. It's a message being sent that the people there are committed to doing whatever they can to win. And it's to me, it's significant regardless of if it's accepted or not. The fact that they're even in this position says a lot. Well, the the commitment level is really, really high. Yeah. From from Ole Miss. And but he, okay, so interestingly enough, even though what we're talking about right now is money and contract figures, I'm told that money isn't really the deciding factor for Lane Kiffin. Um, kind of going back and digging through some stuff and talking with some people, I was reminded that Lane Kiffin left Tennessee to go to Southern California for basically the same salary. It wasn't like, oh, he made that move for money. He made that move because that was a dream job. It was a national brand, and it felt like you know there was an opportunity there for him to go to a place where he could win national championships. Clearly, that didn't work out. And Lane Kiffin has publicly admitted multiple times that he probably made a mistake in making that move away from Tennessee after just one year. So I was, I was thinking, what is... What's Lane Kiffin got to weigh? First of all, he's got to wait on an offer from Auburn, if if that is is part of there, part of it. Does he want to leave a place where he's invested three years and has the program on an upward trajectory and moving in the right direction and getting national notoriety to go to go start over? Because he would be starting over. Now, with that said, I talked with somebody at Auburn earlier this week that told me there were going to be forty five open roster spots at Auburn. Whoever the next head coach at Auburn is, is going to be able to flip that roster in a short amount of time. And Auburn is a place where, if indeed the NIL numbers are to be believed, they're going to have the resources to be able to bring good players in in a hurry and be competitive in a hurry. So the people going, oh, he's just inheriting a terrible roster. That roster is not going to look anything like it does right now, a year from now. What are Lane Kiffin's long-term career goals? People love to throw out, well, Alabama is his dream job, or he wants to be in the NFL. If those are his goals, then easier to get to those places from Ole Miss or from Auburn. What's the family impact? Don't know what role that plays. Where is it easier to win? What's NIL look like in both places? What's the level of institutional support that's there? Happiness? By all accounts, he's pretty happy where he is. Who's he got to please? What's the level of autonomy? I think those are all things that factor into this. So, Auburn with an opening, Lane Kiffin, in basically every coaching cycle, is the sexiest name that's out there. I'm not saying that that means that he is the best football coach that out, that is out there, but every major opening that popped up a year ago, his name came up with, right? I mean, he was associated with in, in one way or another. How real it was with any of those jobs a year ago, who knows? Ole Miss made a big commitment to him a year ago, and Ole Miss has made a big commitment this year in offering Lane a contract extension and a significant raise. So he's got a contract offer from Ole Miss. And the question is, is he going to get a contract offer from Auburn? And we don't know the answer to that. There are a lot of people that say, oh, yes, he is their number one target, and there are others like, eh, I don't know. 
They're still kind of going through it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm fascinated with with a couple of things. Is one, let's pretend that does happen. I expect it to happen. Truthfully, I think Auburn will be dumb for for that not to be the case. If I were them, if I were John Cohen, he'd be my number one guy. Look at what he's doing. I I mean, come on. How, How could you not want that to be your program? I would. I mean... For reference, if Ole Miss beats Arkansas, a game that they're favored in, and wins the Egg Bowl, a game that they're favored in, that would be back-to-back 10-win seasons, right? Auburn has never done that since I've been alive. Never done it. Since I've been alive, they've never done that. And obviously neither has Ole Miss, because the first 10-win regular season was last year. So I would want that on my campus right away. So if that does come, I think there are too many people that think that 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 ends it. And there are people that are so caught up in the linear. They, they think it's like an auction. Or a better example, they think it's a poker hand. And the river card's already come. And here Ole Miss has flipped their cards over. And they've got a pair of jacks, right? And they think that if Auburn flips over their cards and it's a pair of aces, it's done. And, and this is over. Well, why did Ole Miss only offer $2 million more? I, I would be surprised, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, that that's Ole Miss's best foot forward. That's not how you negotiate. That's poor negotiating. If you're the only one that has put an offer down, do you negotiate against yourself? Shout out Texas A&M. I wouldn't. You give them a substantial offer, which I believe is what they've done to your reporting, but I wouldn't have put all my cards on the table because what happens if the Auburn offer never comes? Yeah. It's negotiating 101. And there are people that think, well, if clearly all the Auburn offer is going to come, so this is over. But it's not that simple because it's not linear. How many people close to or around Lane Kiffin have made reference many times to it not being linear? Well, Ole Miss offered 9.25, and when Auburn offers 9.5, he's going to go because it's 250000 more. Mm, it's not really... It's not really how that's going or how that's going to work for for him. He's a different guy. It's not a 10-year thought here. It's more short-term. It's more immediate. And you brought up a good point. There's also family stuff involved. It's not as simple as this job offered 10, this job offered 9.5, therefore he's taking this job. So today isn't like a great day for Ole Miss either. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that he has an offer. Doesn't mean he's accepted it. Doesn't mean it's satisfactory. It might be, but we don't know. But it is not linear. If Auburn comes in with 500k more a year, doesn't mean he's going there either. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, I don't necessarily believe that the number that Ole Miss has presented to him as a take it or leave it number is a final offer. Is a hey, this is what we can do. We're willing to do this. We're not willing to do a penny more. And if you want to leave, leave. I don't think that's I think it's a good way to describe it, and and your your, your Texas Hold'em analogy is a uh, is a good one as well. So yeah, I mean we don't know what the rest of the cards look like, and we get a message. I think this is a good question. This is from um, this is from Tyler in Boonville. Will Ole Miss continue to give Kiffin a raise each time a big time job comes open? As long as he's continuing to win, yes, they will because it's market driven. Now, you, you probably get to a point where you, you've done all you can do. 
Right. I mean, whether whether you have an income that is slightly above the poverty level, or you make a million dollars a year or ten million dollars a year, you have a budget, right? I mean, you can you can if you make ten million dollars a year and you have $3 million in the bank, like just in liquid cash, and you're like, you know what, I really want to go buy that G650, and the price tag on it is $74 million, you can't go buy that airplane. Cross one jokes, we'll set those aside, right? You you can't, because you can't afford it. Regardless of how much money you have, I mean, if you're Elon Musk, and you want to go buy, I don't know, all of the Bahamas, you can't buy it for what your net worth is. <laughs> and that's a terrible example, but you know, regardless of how much money you have, there's still a limit to what you can actually buy. And athletics departments are, are no different, right? I mean, your, your boosters will help support you. The SEC television contract money and postseason football and basketball money helps support you. But you come to a point where you only have a finite amount of money. And so you do, you, you, you go up to where you're comfortable, and then maybe you press it a little past where you're comfortable, and then you have to look at, okay, well, I've got some money over here in savings, and I really don't want to drain my savings account, but I'm willing to do it because I think it's the right decision. I think it's a right wrong uh, long-term play. But everybody's got money that runs out at some point, regardless yeah. of how much money you've got. You keep so, going until you can't go anymore, though. I mean, I guess there is a ceiling, but if you're not there yet, you keep going if that's what it takes. And Chase makes a good point. Uh, he's talking about you know, jobs in, in our life. I, I don't think this is inappropriate to share. Years ago, many years ago, uh, I was not in pursuit of a job, but one reached out to me years ago. And it would have been at the time for more money in a more expensive place to live, in significantly more hours. Also mm-hmm. up north as well, in a place that I didn't really want to live to begin with. So further away from family, further away from friends, the, the salary number was higher, but it was a more expensive place to live in a, a volatile environment. By the way, the, the place since doesn't offer sports programming anymore. Um it would have been a bad situation, but but a little bit more money. I stayed here because the other stuff besides money benefited me more. And, and look at what I'm doing today. It was a, ended up being a great decision. Yeah. And th- that could be the case here, and it, it sounds like it is. So I got a text a second ago. Well, if salary's not the end-all, be-all, what else is? You mentioned it all. It's everything else. It's NIL capabilities. It's ability to win, it's ability to get transfers, it's comfort, it's fit, it's things like freedom and not just program control. Too many people that cover Auburn think that when when Ole Miss people mention how much freedom Kiffin has, they're talking about decision like football decisions, staff hiring decisions. It's not just that. It's not even anywhere close to being just that. Lane Kiffin is not micromanaged at Ole Miss on any level, football or otherwise. He's just not. Keith Carter and Glenn Boyce, the chancellor, have given him uh, a ton of leeway to do the things that are important to him. 
and run his program the way that he wants to. But, yes, I, I, I do think that it's important to note that, you know, that uh, from a football standpoint, the things that are weighing in the decision are NIL capability, right? We're going to talk with Walker Jones from the Grove Collective a little bit later this afternoon and kind of get an update on where that is. Walker told me this morning that even in the last 24 hours, they have uh, seen some pretty significant growth in terms of members and commitments to that. Will it be enough? I, I, I don't know. Um, also, the ability to get players, you know, whether it's recruiting high school players or getting transfer players, and, you know, that ties in directly to NIL. All, all of those things uh, factor into this decision. And then, again, I, and I feel like it's kind of beating a, a, a dead horse, but it's like, is Auburn going to offer him? He, he, he doesn't have an offer. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Uh, I mentioned Walker Jones is going to join us. Andy Staples will be with us later this afternoon. Also, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. We'll get some winners from Lee. We'll be right back. So, uh, let's see here. I'm a season ticket holder, talking about an Ole Miss. I want to join the Grove Collective, but it feels a bit like an Ole Miss only fans. Nothing I can touch or can't get free somewhere else. What tangible benefit do I get? Do I get a concession stand voucher, free parking on game days, free loot crate every month? Oh, all I get is a signed letter and maybe keep my coach and get some good players. Guess I could keep my $42 and buy a new hoodie from Rebel Rags. This feels like a fan tax. Very fair question. There are a bunch of fair questions rolled into that. Yeah. An Ole Miss only fan. That's hilarious. That's, That's pretty good. Um yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's a level of it where it's a fan tax, but the difference in it being a tax and not is it's voluntary. You don't have to be involved with it, but with the way that the game is now played in recruiting and in player retention, somebody's got to be involved in it, right? So yeah, I mean, it's... you can you can get on board or you can not get on board, and Look, I, I, I'm not one to tell you how to spend your money, right? I mean, you, you spend your money the way that you believe it's right. And, and I'm also, this are, these are not my words. I had a text from a friend the other day that said, basically, anybody who doesn't contribute to the Grove Collective that is able to do so, you, you deserve to lose your coach. I, I don't know. I don't know that I would take it that far, but the reality is the programs that are competing at a national level, it's taken a little while, but they've all gotten their act together in terms of raising money for name, image, and likeness deals. You classify it however you you, you call it buying players, yeah, paying that's what players is. to say, call it whatever you want to yeah. call it, but it's happening, and if you want to get players and you want to keep players, you've got to be part of that game, period. And whether you call it a fan tax or Ole Miss only fans or, or whatever, and, and no, it's not – I mean, yeah, I mean, they've got small little benefits where you get a discount here, a discount there, or, you know, exclusive access to some content. But ultimately you're saying, I want to support the recruiting efforts at Ole Miss or fill-in-the-blank school, and that's why I am giving monthly or annually or quarterly or whatever to the collective that is tied to my school. Yeah, somebody on a live stream asked me this last night, and my reply was simple – do you enjoy watching Quinshawn Judkins play in an Ole Miss uniform? 
Yeah. I mean, it, it, it boils down to that. And it's unfortunate. But at the end of the day, that's what it is now. I think legal adults should be allowed to make as much money as they want for providing services, and football players are providing a service that that we enjoy. It's why I have a career. I think they should be able to get whatever they want. It, it does feel like it, that you know, you're bleeding your fans some. Understand that. But if you want to win, it's the best way to do it. Uh, this message, filling the stadium matters to Kiffin, too. Not the best track record this year for Ole Miss. Ah, you're misguided on that. Ole Miss has sold out all three of its home SEC games. They're going to sell out the Egg Bowl in a seven days a week from today. Um, their ticket sales numbers were good for the three non-conference games at home, even though the body, you know, butts in seats wasn't great. It's 100 degrees in September against bad non-conference teams. A lot of people don't want to watch that. Your diehards are going regardless, the people that are kind of fringe. It's expensive to go to games. It's expensive to travel games. I, I just, I, I mean, I know Lane Kiffin made a big deal about that. He shouldn't have, but he did. Uh, Nick Saban has made a big deal of that in the past. Alabama fans are the same. LSU fans are the same. Nobody's got, nobody's filling up their stadium for bad non-conference games. But you know what? If your team's good and you're playing in the SEC, you're filling it up for conference games. Yeah. I mean, say it out loud. That's that's one good thing I learned from Colin Cowherd, to say it out loud. Okay. So Lane Kiffin's weighing an offer from Ole Miss and Auburn, and he really wants to stay at Ole Miss. But remember in the Tulsa game when, when the fans left early? That's why I'm going to Auburn. No. Attendance at the Tulsa game is not a deciding factor in this decision at all. That doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, how about this? One thing that is in Ole Miss's favor, John Cohen does not appear to respond to Jimmy Sexton's bully approach to negotiating coaches' contracts. A little inside information here. Inside baseball. Jimmy Sexton is not a bully in negotiation settings. He just has what the other side wants. And so he is able to... In a pretty polite way. I ask a question of someone today that has dealt with Jimmy Sexton a lot. I, I asked him, I was like, how's Jimmy been? He's like, Jimmy's always good. He's just representing his clients. He's doing his job. People love to vilify Jimmy Sexton. Jimmy Sexton's really good at his job. And he's good at his job because he has a commodity. I mean, I'm using this loosely, right? He has a commodity that he is selling that the buyers desperately want. And they're passionate about. That's why Jimmy Sexton is good at his job. And he's got a proven track record of delivering for his clients. That's why he's the most successful college football agent, period. Yeah. We did get a message, too, about, you know, if he does leave, the fact that this offer is on the table is significant. Again, if I understand it correctly... And they're giving him a, a a two or around a two million dollar raise. That that's that's approaching coming very close to what Ohio State is paying their coach. I mean, you you are making your job extremely attractive, whether or not this offer is accepted. I promise you, there there are too many people nationally that that still have like a 1980s view of the college football landscape. They think Nebraska is still a national power and stuff like that. 
regard like I said earlier, regardless of what happens, if you are able to pay similarly to Ohio State, which is what this is, if Day's making a little bit more, he's making a little bit more, but you are in where you're only talking about you know three four hundred k. I say only. It's a lot of money between you and Ohio State. Then you are opening up your door to candidates that ten years ago your door wasn't open for. It's a big deal. It matters. It really does, regardless of the outcome here. This being out there, this number being public and known, if he happens to leave, your candidate list will be stronger than people will give you credit for. Because that is insane. That's crazy money. It's top 10 money in all of football. Jeff says, do you feel that as of right now, Ole Miss is at the level of Auburn where they are no longer considered a stepping stone to a better job. Thanks, Jeff. That's an interesting question, Jeff. I do Okay, so so your question is as of right now, today as we sit here, is the Ole Miss job on the same level as the Auburn job? Yes, today it is. Today it is. Is there the potential for more upside at Auburn than there is at Ole Miss? Yeah, history would say yes. But, you know, the, the, the fascinating thing is, I mean, Borky pointed out a second ago, said in his lifetime Auburn has not won 10 games in back-to-back seasons. The highs at Auburn are really, really high. 2010, they win a national championship. 2012, they play for a national championship. But the lows? Man, there's nobody that does a free-fall bottom out quite like Auburn. And the other thing, the second that things don't go well at Auburn, whether the head coach is Gene Chizik, who won a national championship, or Gus Malzahn, who played for a national championship, or Shug Jordan, or Lane Kiffin, the second that it doesn't go well, Auburn turns on its head coaches. They did it to Tommy Tuberville. They did it to Terry Bowden. They did it to Gus Malzahn. They did it to Gene Chizik. They did it to Brian Harson from the day he was hired. I'd have to go back and kind of re- the Shug Jordan, not necessarily so. That was a little bit different. Pat Dye was a little bit different. You know, Pat Dye stepped down as the head football coach first, and then he stepped down as the AD. Or maybe I've got those backwards. But there was some NCAA stuff that kind of necessitated that. Last five coaches that's Auburn, Auburn has had. I'm talking about torches and pitchforks. But that's okay, right? I mean, because you know what the highs are at a place like that as well. So you just got to decide what's good for you. You go into, you go into a situation like that, eyes wide open. Football fix. We were asked on the text line earlier. Um, and if you want to say more than this, then, then so be it or, or go for it. I mean. That sounded condescending. Uh, when we're going to have anybody from the Bulldog Initiative on, the offer has been extended. The opportunity has been afforded. And so, yes, yeah, we'd it, love for that to happen. Yeah. No, I mean, the bottom line is, look, I, I'll be super straight with you on that. Uh, when Walker was on with us a few weeks ago, I sent a direct message to Charlie Winfield on Twitter. I, I thought I had Charlie's cell number. I didn't, so I sent him a DM. He got back to me a couple of days later, said he'd love to be on with us. He had some things that were 
going on at the time and it needed to wait a little bit. And I told him we'd love to visit and the offer stands, you know, whenever it's convenient for him. And I think Hey Dad's talked with him as well. And Charlie has said he wants to come on and talk with us and we're open to doing that. But like a lot of people that are involved in collectives, Charlie Winfield has a real job. He has a real big boy job that takes a lot of his time. And so a lot of the stuff that he's doing on the side, you know, if you want to use a lawyer term is, is kind of pro bono or, or at least very little compensation tied to it. Um, yes, Char- Charlie Winfield, who's doing a, a really good job with the Bulldog Initiative, has an open invitation to join us. I've told him that. Hey, Dad's told him that. And we're going to get it done at a time that's convenient for him. That Just period. Yeah. Oh, this is good. Price is listening. He sends us a message. He says, I'm listening to you guys in Canuck uh, cooking banana pepper deer sausage. You win. Look at that. Looks great on the grill. Food Friday presented by Polk's Meat coming your way tomorrow afternoon. Look forward, as always, to that. Um, I got a question that came a second ago asking about the viability of Ole Miss's NIL situation and when um, that it would uh, would be competitive. And the answer is it's competitive today. Is Ole Miss's collective, is its treasure chest, war chest, however you want to describe it, as big as other places? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But in a national NIL landscape, Ole Miss is absolutely competitive today. And somebody was trying to draw a comparison of that to Auburn. And the reality is... I don't know how much money Auburn's got. I've seen reports that range from they've got $8 million available for NIL to they've got $15 million available for NIL. Pretty big variation there, and I don't know what that means either, right? I mean, is that money that is sitting in the bank? Is that pledges? Is that, hey, if you go hire the right guy, then I'm going to give this? I I have no idea. So I don't discount that Auburn has tons of resources available for the purposes of NIL, Here's where I will compliment Auburn, if that is indeed the case. In April of this year, April of this year, we're in November, seven months ago, there was a staff member at Auburn who I heard say, we can't compete right now with what's happening in the NIL landscape. And so if that was the case in April... And Auburn is now sitting on an eight-figure war chest for the purposes of NIL. Then congratulations, you guys have done a lot of work in a short amount of time, and that's really impressive. It is impressive. What what did you wait for? I'm sorry. What? Why, why? Not you. Oh, <laughs> not you. Um. Why didn't Brian Harson get the opportunity to recruit with a war chest? That's a question that I would be asking myself if I was being... You know the answer to that question. Oh, I know. I I know. It's more of a rhetorical question. That's something that I would be asking myself if I was a a prospective coach in this. Lane Kiffin, Matt Rule, Dabo Sweeney, whoever. Hugh Freeze. Well, Hugh Freeze is taking it regardless. It doesn't matter to him. 
Um, yeah, but the NIL piece will be there for Hugh Freeze. It, why, why not? If I lose to Alabama, are you going to withhold NIL money from us? Is that what you're going to do? That's backwards. But Ford dealers, log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. Walker Jones joins us today on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Walker, of course, is working with the Grove Collective, former Ole Miss football players, worked in a bunch of different parts of the sports industry and uh, kind enough to spend a few minutes. What's up, my man? Hey, buddy. How you doing? Doing well. Uh, so kind of a busy month, I suppose, for you with uh, the Grove Collective. Seems like a lot of momentum on that front. We've obviously been talking a ton today about uh, about Lane Kiffin Walker. Uh, what can you tell us about what's going on with the Grove Collective? You had a tweet this morning that said you woke up to uh, to really good news uh, in terms of kind of where you guys are in terms of membership and also maybe some national corporate sponsors. Yeah, yeah, Richard. It's been it, look. It's been a busy month. It's been a busy week. It's been a busy day, um, which is kind of the life of being in the NIL right now with it. You know, so volatile and always changing. But uh, you know, really good news. We passed over four thousand members um, last night, uh, which was a good marker for us. Considering on September thirtieth, we were you know a couple hundred. Um, so the growth has been tremendous from a membership standpoint, which is really really important for our kind of reoccurring and reoccurring revenue model and our sustainability. So that was really big, um, and actually, to be honest with you, I just took a look at the at, uh, um, at our account, and we've added another three or four hundred since then. So we're we're mid four thousands now, uh, encroaching on uh, five thousand members, which is which is really great and a big tribute to our Ole Miss fans and our fan base. Um, and then that, along with, we've got a national uh, brand who. We just agreed to um, a large platform sponsorship with the collective, which we're going to be announcing here in the next few days. Uh, it's a very reputable brand. It's going to provide a great service to our athletes, um, and uh, it's going to gather a lot of attention, and we will be the first uh, SEC school to announce this type of partnership with a brand like this. So. Uh, we're thrilled to death. I wish I could announce it today. I was, was going to say, go if you want to break some news, Walker, feel free. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people want me to announce it today, and I wish I could, but I've got a um, – there's a big marketing team with this brand, as you can imagine, and they, they want to be really uh, buttoned up on the PR and the announcement and uh, have a big plan with it, and that takes a few days, and we're you know just dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's, so – uh, but we came to an agreement with all the terms, and uh, it's going to be big news for us here in the next few days. So we're super excited about that for our athletes. So, Walker, whether the, the, the number of members is at 4,000 like it was earlier today or, or trending toward 5,000, and I know from your perspective you hope more than that, what, what does that mean in terms of not specific dollars? I, I know you don't want to put specific dollars amount, but – how many of those members are signing up for monthly or quarterly donations as opposed to it being one-time donations? Yeah, Richard, I think the real important thing here is that membership, uh, and again, we have more people paying monthly uh, than we do the annual. We give them a choice, obviously, if they want to pay it all in one lump sum or if they want to pay it out over you know, 12 months. But that gives us that kind of annuitized 
recurring revenue that we know we're going to have. It gives us a great cash flow projection, so we know uh, what we can support in the NIL world. Um, And, you know, it helps build that momentum. You know, you get – you start talking about, you know, comparisons. You know, our our Ole Miss Athletic Foundation has a little over 7,000 members. Well, we're closing in on that number with a tenth of that staff, which is, again, a tribute to our fans. Uh, but it just creates more momentum for us. And it gives us the security of knowing on January 1st, this is the money and this is the cash flow that we can count on. And that's really where – you know, that sustainable model that I talked about in the very beginning and at the press conference back in September, you know, the one-time big donations are great, and we'll continue to, you know, uh, uh, bring those into the collective. But, you know, you can only go to those so pe- those people so many times. And so uh, you really want to try to spread this thing out. And I've always said if we can have, you know, 70% of our projections raised through our membership on the website, then we're winning. And we're actually closer to 80% now, uh, which is a huge number. Uh, and it's going to give us the ability to replicate this type of fundraising every year and not just this year. Walker, whether you're talking about a, a tech startup in Silicon Valley or an NIL collective in Oxford, Mississippi, when, when you're growing fast, there are growing pains that are associated with that. You mentioned a relatively small staff, and I, I know that's – at least partially by design, to try and keep it as lean as possible so that you can control expenses. But but in terms of people that have, have run into um, roadblocks or can't quite figure things out or a little slow on getting information, what, what do you say to those folks, especially on the, the corporate donation side? Yeah, look, I think we're in that, that massive growth period right now and, you know, we are scaling our operations every day to keep up with that. And sometimes there's a transition in that. You know, that has to do everything from our website, our payment processors, uh, our membership management software, um, <clears throat> our corporate partnerships, uh, all those things. You know, when your numbers grow exponentially like that, um, the infrastructure needed to keep up with that just continues to just pile on. And so, what we've been focused on this last couple of weeks is really trying to add automation and systems and processes so we can scale. And sometimes people get caught in that conversion, in that, uh, um, you know, transformation, uh, and an email get missed or a phone call get missed, or there'll be a payment issue on the website. I think what people are seeing is those issues are becoming less and less. Sure, every business deals with customer service issues, you know, uh, it doesn't matter how big you are. Uh, every company deals with that. And the, the, the real important thing is, can you be attentive um, and very aggressive in fixing the problem uh, and not letting the same problem continue to happen? And that's what we've been focused on is the moment we know there's an issue, uh, deploying resources to fix it. And what I would tell our people is just continue to reach out to us. Um, these processes are going to continue to get better. Uh, but, you know, I'll use the analogy of we're changing a flat tire while the car is going 50 miles out, 50 miles an hour down the road. Um, and so it's, it's a challenge for sure. Uh, but we're adding more staff. Uh, I've hired a couple more people. We've got some national partnerships that are giving us that automation. Uh, and people will see that here over the next days, weeks, and months uh, so we can scale up and provide, you know, best-in-class customer service. But just like any organization, Richard, you deal with 
you know, customer service issues, and um, we're going to be as quick as we can to fix those as possible. And I just ask the Ole Miss fan base to continue to work with us and let us know when something goes wrong, and we'll jump on it. So, Walker, obviously there's a ton of talk about um, Lane Kiffin and, and his future as it pertains to Auburn. Um, Chris Lowe, who is a respected reporter at ESPN.com, was on a uh, on a radio show the, the next round in Birmingham yesterday or the day before and, and made a comment, and I don't know if he meant it to be literal or not, but that Auburn had ten times more NIL resources than what Ole Miss has got. How do you respond to that? Uh, I think that's uh, fake news, <laughs> to be honest with you, because I, I look. I think Chris Lowe's a great reporter. I've never spoken to uh, Chris Lowe, nor has anybody with the Grove Collective, so he has no idea how much money we've raised. Uh, so that'd be my first comment: is I don't know where he would get knowing how big we are. Secondly, um, I don't know if he truly knows how big Auburn's is. You know, Auburn's throwing around these huge numbers, and that's great, but. You know, how do we know what that number really is? And, and look, there's a lot of ways you can massage those numbers. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors that people can say those are dollars on hand. Those are pledged. Those are projections. You know, there's a lot of ways you can use fuzzy math. And I can't control what Auburn does or anybody else. But, you know, I would tell you, knowing where we are today, I am really, really comfortable with what we have on hand and what we have pledged and what we're going to have every day that this thing continues to scale up. And so, again, I don't know where Chris is getting his information from. That's fine. It may have been, you know, hearsay, which a lot of NIL stuff is. But, you know, uh, I just – I would I would question that, uh, that comment because I don't think it's based on any sort of fact. Walker, only 30 seconds left. Do you believe that Lane Kiffin is comfortable with where the Grove Collective is? I do. I know for a fact he is. Um, again, uh, we have delivered on everything uh, that Coach has asked us to deliver on, um, and the university as well. Um, we have far exceeded our goals financially with membership. Um, our Ole Miss fans have answered the call, um, and we sit here today in a really, really good yeah. position. So I, I feel great about it. I know Coach uh, feels really good about it and is pleased, very pleased with where we are. And I'll just see, you know, I'll let that speak for itself. Uh, but Thanks, I know Walker. for a fact he is, and we're delivering for him. Walker Jones from the Grove Collective. This is Sports. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.